Damn, but I will say, the second I said hot dogs, y'all fucking judged me. <laughs> oh, God, Did you lose your goddamn mind? I'm either gonna drink to be happy or drink to be sad, but either way, we're I'm drinking. Gonna drink. I'll take you guys to New Jersey as a matter. Kissing his ass or anything, do you? Well, you tell him what he wants to hear, that same thing as kissing his ass. Yeah, I mean, I saw it coming on the body bag. I loved it. I'm not lying to the guy. No, that's why I ain't asking. What you're doing is genuine. And he knows it. I like you, Clarence. Always have. Always will. Hey, hey. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is episode 31. Uh, I might be doing the show in seasons. I'm not really sure. I kind of, you know, I thought about it a lot. I just talked to a friend of mine from uh, the Drunk Broadway podcast, and which you should check out on iTunes or wherever you get your, your iPod or your podcast. Blah. So I was thinking about doing it in seasons as well before, and he said he was doing his in seasons. I thought that was a pretty good idea of like, you know, not reformatting the whole show, but, you know, just giving it a new dynamic, a new, a new, uh, rendering, if you will, a little, a little paint job. So you can, you know, I can spruce up the, the intro song, maybe make a new one, you know, kind of closing of the season. But I think I'm going to do, <clears throat> um, probably till episode 50. I think that would be a pretty good cutoff. So mine might be a little lengthier season, if I can say that. But, yeah, but anyway, my guest today was the very talented Ted Bond from the punk band Craig's Brother, which if you don't know them, you should check them out right now. Just stop and go Google Craig's Brother and listen to about 100 songs, whatever they have. They got a nice catalog. Uh, so it was a very awesome, <clears throat> lengthy conversation that I got to sit down with a great, talented songwriter. And we talked about so much stuff, so, you know, anything you need to know on Craig's Brother and more is in this conversation. I wanted to say thank you to whoever tuned into the live stream. I know the live stream is, uh, it's just a, you know, it's a video of, you know, just just a, a little extra, you know, it's not necessarily the podcast. I feel like the podcast is the audio you get me rambling on, you know, talking bullshit uh, about stuff and my opinions and on on what you know what we talked about and all that kind of stuff so you get the whole story here you get about you know 80 percent of the story <clears throat> on the uh the live stream so i figured like an extra bonus which i'm still trying to convert over to youtube instead of just doing it live stream on the facebook so i want to do all you know i want to post more episodes uh more professionally as i get going uh better video quality and all that stuff so <clears throat> it'll be better on youtube um, so, uh, before that, before we get to the, to the conversation with me and Ted, I want to say that we have a sponsor, still the same sponsor, not a new sponsor, but I want to get him out there because he deserves it. So thanks to our sponsor, all in the details. Um, let's see, is your car not looking how it should? driving around in filth, you know, or maybe, you know, 
just just a little need a little freshen up a little something you know it's winter time you know you're driving in the you know you're driving around all day in your car if you got a long commute you know you got you don't want to be smelling some coffee stains you know wrappers you know mcdonald's and random fast food shit you got in your car smelling it up and you're like what's that smell somebody dropped some food under my seat and you know you'll be in there for a while windows up heat on shit stanks it's not good it's not good so you need to get a hold of all in the details you can check out njpadetailing.com you can go to the facebook all in the details pa.com or you can go on instagram and see all the lovely work he does cars looking you know brand new after he's done and this is only in the new jersey and the pa area lehigh valley so sorry california you know, I'm trying to get him out here. Won't come out here. But yeah, so check all his good work and the photos you can see at Instagram.com slash all in the details PA. And you can get a good look at all the wonderful shit he does. And he's a super talented guy as well. And not only of the detailing of the cars, the motherfucker plays guitar and all kinds of shit. Super awesome guy. You need him to work on your car as far as getting that shit looking beautiful. And if you're having a lady, you know, going on a date and stuff like that kind of shit, you know, your car's got to look good. She's not going to be impressed. So, all right. Without further ado, I give you me and Ted Bond. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, you should know him, Ted Bond. What's up? What's up, dude? How's everything going? Really good. Thanks for being here, man. I appreciate it. I know uh, you got a lot going on, and I don't want to hold you up or, you know, you could go out of your way, but I knew you were up here doing some shit. Yeah, it happened to be a good night, so. Yeah, so it's always good. Um... So, first things first, real fast, is we will uh, drink some beer. Yeah, we'll grab the beer first so we can uh, get started. That's the most important part. That's actually why I came. Exactly. That's why anybody should just come. I have some water if you need it. Uh, On the count of beer, what kind of beer do you like? Are you an IPA guy? Are you a a brown ale? I like IPA. Yep. Yeah. Some IPAs? Yeah. We'll start with one of those then. Uh, Actually, yes. Now, you want a full or you want to split? Uh, let's split. All right, let's split. We get more in that way. Yeah. I can't drink too much or else I'm going to have to sleep on your couch. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said we'll split. And these are, this is only 6.5. This is a hazy West Coast style. And this is a collaboration with the Alpha Acid and Hop Dogma. Hop Dogma's down. Half Moon Bay. Give or say. So, cool. So, yeah. Is there, what? Should we get? Um, Where's so yeah. the camera? So now we're live, so the camera's on top. Okay. So so can I do this? Oh, yeah, definitely. 
the little hop mix going. A little hop. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's. Uh, I wrote a couple notes just to fucking have. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I, th- I flew out with. Uh, just to try out, hang out with you guys. Yeah, see what see what the vibe is like. Two thousand four, two thousand four, dude. Those were crazy times. Yeah. Um, and then you guys just released an EP, and uh, I believe Heath gave me one. Yeah, ep- epidemic. epidemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I thought was a great EP. Um, yeah, I like Epidemic too. Were you were you guys stoked to put that out? Totally. Or? I feel like it didn't quite get received as well as our other stuff. Yeah. Like you never hear people saying Epidemic was the one that I really liked. Yeah. But I always really liked it. I thought it didn't have a bad song on it. You know, it was like, I mean, not that any of the other albums do, but it was one of those like solid, like, you know, albums that I was like stoked to get, especially from the band member. And I was just like, oh, damn. All right. This is fucking cool. And I feel like we were kind of exploring something new on that. Yeah. You guys were, uh, I remember you had, you were guys were, go- so, Let's let's retract a little bit. You, go, you guys were going through some members at this time. And I remember uh, you guys had uh, Steven a part of it, and uh, he was in. Well, he's in Hey Mike, or are they doing that anymore? Or? Sort of, yeah, yeah. I think they're going to do some recording actually pretty soon. Okay, cool. So he gave me that album as well. He gave me his first album, which I still have somewhere. Oh, yeah, Embrace Your Hooks. Mike, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, which is awesome. Uh, super cool guy. Um, uh, so the first release you guys had was Keeping It Real, right? Or yeah. is that was that the very yeah, first? We one? had a demo before that on cassette tape. Okay, um, just self-titled. Yeah, but yeah, keeping it real was like our first actual kind of release. And how did you get hooked up with Tooth and Nail? Like, what was what was that all about? Well, like going from keeping it real to homecoming. I mean, we just sent them a demo. You know, that was it? it? Yeah, I don't know if we had an eight by ten or what. Mm. I don't think so. Um, Adam, actually, our guitar player at the time, sent them the demo. Yeah. I didn't necessarily want to sign with them because I didn't want to be seen as a Christian band necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then then they started waving the money in our face. One of those kinds of deals? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of hard to pass up. Yeah. $5,000 equipment advance seemed like a lot of money back then. Oh, totally. Looking back, I'm like, that's not that much. Like, between five guys. That's For $5,000 each. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, what are we getting? Nothing. Yeah. And you know what the funny thing is? I didn't even, like, everybody, you know, took their 1000 bucks and went. And I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm just going to get a microphone. You guys can take my money and use it for your own equipment. I didn't even. Which, looking back, I'm like, why did I do that? Especially because Andy and Adam then quit a year later. It's like, oh. You got your equipment and you bailed. Okay, I see. So was that the story with those guys? They just kind of bailed on the whole project? They were just not... They had some other interests? We... 1998, we went on tour for most of the summer. And it was a pretty rough summer. And that was also our first real experience touring. Right, yeah. And you can't really blame... I don't blame anybody for not wanting to do that. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's rough. Yeah, it's... uh, I've been on tour a few times and it's not for everybody. It's not... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do it now. I wouldn't do what we did. I wouldn't sleep in a van every night and... I might go on tour, but only if it's going to be comfortable. Right. It's kind of it's kind of a, a ridiculous thing, I guess, if you're not fully prepared to embrace that life, I guess, you know, and so. Yeah. And I think if you're, when you're young, fine, but. Yeah. Cause you're, you know, I mean, some of these guys are just kind of still doing it, you know, at, you know, I see like, I don't know if they're still like, you know, like strung out or somebody, you know, they're still like, oh, yeah. 
touring and, and they, they but they're probably way more comfortable than than, yeah. than most bands now they recently had like a platinum record i think or one of the records i mean it was, i think one of their older records but it went platinum or it's like finally reached that or maybe it was just gold i don't know but probably one of those yeah, yeah. for sure um so did you guys um so so the first tour was kind of rocky and then they, they kind of weren't feeling the vibe and were like yeah, and we were, you know, we were weren't really getting along that great. We were all kind of jerks to each other. Yeah, um, so that didn't help. Yeah, that's always kind of a bummer. So then come home, those guys kind of quit. So that was the first record that you know all you guys did the first tour, right? Homecoming, and then did that tour for the summer, come back, and then those guys are like, no, we're not. This is not really for us. It's kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Adam told us that he was going to quit. I think. Before the tour was over. But the big surprise for me was that Andy quit. Okay. Because Andy was kind of the... He started the band. Right. Um, so I kind of figured he was going to be more... But, like I said, I don't blame anybody for not no, no, yes. that life. It's, it's, it's not for everybody. Um, but yeah, you know, when the founder kind of quits and, you know... Yeah. And then, so, Tooth and Nail, did they sign you for like album deals like three album deals and they were just like if you guys don't kind of follow through on your word and like or did you guys just like we have a label let's put out another record they signed us yeah i can't remember how many albums it was it was like three or four maybe even five but yeah so we came back i don't know i kind of just like after we lost both of our guitar players i was like you know what i'm not i'm not gonna quit like mm-hmm. we got tons of material we could do this yeah we um, could put out more stuff so we went through a few uh, guys. We played with this guy, Nick Hanley, for a little bit. Um, and then Ryan Key came out. Yeah, from uh, from Yellow Card. Yeah. 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 And then also, who else was on? That was uh, Dan, right? Yeah, Ryan came out December of 98. Um, in fact, if you listen to the Yellow Card song, Rockstar Land, yeah. he pretty much tells his side of that story in that song. Okay. That song actually is almost more about Craig's brother than it is about... I think actually it is about Craig's brother. Like all the almost every verse is about stuff that he did with Craig's brother. Okay, yeah. Um, he came out that Christmas. We played with him for a few months, and then he convinced Dan to come out. And so yeah, then it was Ryan and Dan for a little while. It was really pretty short lived. So those guys were were friends like went in Florida or something or yeah, yeah. I think Ryan kind of always wanted to be in Dan's band. Yeah. Um, which was uh, which is Inspection Twelve. Inspection Twelve, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Inspection 12 is a great band. Does they still play too? I think so. Dan's not playing with them anymore, but I th- they put out a record like, I don't know, last year or the year before. Okay. Yeah, I, di- I didn't hear any, I think, since Get Rad. Yeah. It was the last album I heard. Yeah, they kind of took a break yeah. after that. And Pete, they're, um, God, is Pete, he's a guitar player. Yeah. In Inspection 12, but he went and played bass with Yellow Card. Um. So kind of like a circle of friends, just kind of like you know. Yeah, they're all yeah. they're all Jacksonville kids for sure. That's cool. Um, so so then did Dan end up being on the record, and Ryan didn't end up being on the record. Exactly. Yeah. So 1999, we toured. It's funny. It's like the exact opposite of Andy and Adam. We toured really hard in 1999, um, and in, then, in support of the record. Yeah. Well, kind of. Kind of or yeah. Lost at sea. No, we hadn't recorded Lost at Sea yet. Mm. So we were still touring basically off of Homecoming. Yeah. But um, the end of the summer, 
the van broke down and we were out of money. And so we decided we were, we were going to go back to Santa Cruz and kind of gather our whatever again. But Ryan, Ryan wanted to just keep touring no matter what. Right. And he pretty much quit because we um, weren't going to tour anymore. Gotcha. And he was all about it. He had his eyes set on the goal. Yeah. And, and looking back, you know, I kind of feel like maybe we should have listened to him. Like, in my mind, there was no option. The van was broken. We had no money. But, you know. Probably something could have been done, maybe. Well, you know, yeah. Or, we, you know, we should have asked him to work his connections. Right, right. And to get us a new van if he was all about touring. But instead, we kind of like. Do you, even about the label, do you think the label would have helped you guys out on that aspect? Or we, aspect or? we asked them and they said no. I'm pretty sure that was the case. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it wasn't like, I don't, I mean, they had helped us out before. It wasn't like they didn't help us out at all, but I no, think no, we had sure. kind of used up that. Uh, that privilege? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just to be clear about the whole thing, both Andy and Adam and Ryan, like, I was a total dick back then. You were? Yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll own up to that. Like, so that, I'm sure that had a part of it. You know, I know I was a dick to Ryan. I was definitely a dick to Adam. I don't feel that I was that much of a dick to Andy. I always thought Andy and I were pretty close, which is yeah. why it was a big surprise when he quit. But just that, uh, like, did you guys just have like different, like, you know, life choice? Like, you know, you like, or, or like as being a dick, you know, it's like, I think honestly, I'm an only child and we- that happens <laughs> for sure. People butt heads on tour. It just happens. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But my way of dealing with it was not the best. And I, I feel like I've gotten better over time at dealing with conflict. For sure. But, yeah. I mean, back then I was kind of a dick. Right. And maybe I still am kind of a dick, but I think I'm less of a dick than I used to be. Hey, that's always good, man. <laughs> For sure. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's it's never too late to, to make up and be like, you know, hey, it's water under the bridge. You know, those times were those yeah, times. Wh- and, you know, maybe. We- and, and, yeah, we're all cool now. Yeah, which is super um, cool. It's funny, you talk about the guys who keep touring. I just talked to Ryan, or I was texting with him because I hooked him up with a guy in South America. Nice. Because he's doing a, a solo acoustic tour. Oh, that's cool. So Ryan, I mean, it seems like that's all Ryan wants to do is tour. Like, Yellow Card has toured so much, and now they're, I guess, done, though they've said that before. Right. And he still wants to tour, so. He's a driven dude, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. solidly, like, like you said, he's got his eye on the goal. That's the prize, like. To just keep doing it forever. I guess, yeah. You know? Yeah. People, so, there's musicians that are going to be like that. It's weird because, like, whenever I see Yellow Card, I'm, I mean, like, when I hang out with him and stuff, I'm like, you know, this is great. You guys, I, I appreciate your success, but I wouldn't want that live. It's like, you know, it, it seems kind of lonely to me, honestly. I guess it could be or it couldn't be because you could look at it two ways, right? I mean, I I look, you know, up up to, like, you know, you know, sort of those guys like like Joey Cape and you know Tony Sly and all them. You know, you know, disregarding his passing, but yeah. Joey's still doing it. But he's like mainly local. He tours once in a while. That I could see. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have your friends, you have your family. You go on tour every once in a while. Yeah, but touring all the time to the point where like you yeah. like. I mean, I know for me, even with the the amount of touring that we did, it got to the point where I was like, I had a hard time relating to my friends and family back home. Right. And a hard time, like, just even having a conversation because my experiences are so different. Right. See, so, like, it's very, super hard to relate to anybody at home because they're not doing what you're doing. Yeah, you know? and, and you get kind of weird. Being in a band, for sure. Like, yeah. doing that shit, it's like... And I feel like a lot of rock stars get kind of weird. 
Who doesn't? Who's uh, Dave Girl? He's not weird. Who knows? I, you know, he's not. Well, yeah. Who knows what he's like? Yeah, yeah but, it, but but if you hear him in an interview, he sounds like a pretty normal guy who can yeah. have, hold a conversation, who keeps it together. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. And he's been through a lot of shit, so kind of yeah. kind of interesting on that level. But yeah, I could see the. You know, I've been through a lot of that stress too, where guys are just like, I have, you know, I have jobs that I'm working. I can't get time off. It's like I need this kind of money, and it's like, you know, I just can't keep doing this. It's like, you know, if you don't have the mindset and you don't have like where you're like a traveling nomad that you really don't care and you're like. I just need a fucking guitar on my back, the wind in my hair. It's like, that's what I got going on right now. Right, know? right. Yeah. And the, it's especially hard now because it's not, I feel like the idea that you're going to make it big is even less likely. I mean, in the, the like 90s, now, in the, the 90s, 90s were rad. Like you could get you could signed. Be pretty and, popular, yeah. And yeah, and I almost feel like, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty surprised you guys actually didn't uh, uh, go with like, or which probably could have been like like a Fat Records kind of style of signing more so like where you get to sign for a record. But I know they were, they were kind of a little different. I would love to sign then. with, with fat records yeah. or, or a record label like that. Like, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, I remember, uh, they seem so legit. Like, uh, inspection 12 being on honest on for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know what, um, maybe the fact that we're associated with the Christian scene or whatever. I never felt that vibe from you guys. Though. That was the thing. It's like, it's like, I know you guys were. And then, so I had like two really good friends of mine that are Christians and I wasn't. I'm just whatever. I'm not an atheist or anything. I'm just like whatever is the it. it. And uh, those guys were super Christian. But I had liked you guys before I even was introduced from them. Yeah. And, like, and that's kind of how we like kind of is like, he's like, oh, do you know Craig's brother? For sure. I was like, yeah, I know Craig's brother. And he's like, that's awesome. And then that's how we became really good friends. And, that- and, and they're Christian. I'm not. And I never saw that like from you guys. It just didn't register of like. You guys are a Christian band. Well, we tried really hard to make sure that our music would be accessible yeah. to both Christians and non-Christians. I'm curious, though. How did you hear about us? Uh, I heard him from my other best friend who liked, you know, back then in 1996, 90, 97, we were <laughs> flying through, like, bands of just, like, you know, you look in the back of a sleeve and it says thanks, and it'd be thanks to Pooley, you know, 10-foot pole this that ah. so we used to get names of bands for the from, from the, the thanks from the thanks on the records from the albums and we'd be like dude let's check these guys out and it was like you know 30 foot fall or you know whoever and we're just like dude, that fucking band is good and then they found you guys from like a tooth and nail comp or something and they're like dude you got to get this album and then he'd like it took him like three weeks to get it in the mail and shit and he was like to this day my best friend he's like top three albums to take on a desert island with you, Homecoming is one. That's rad. I was like, That's dude, rad. for sure. It's so funny the way we used to discover music back in the day. I, mm-hmm. I think about that because I'm like, how do kids discover music now? Like, it's a weird, it's a weird world. Yeah, but back in the day, like we used to watch skate videos. Yes, any surf skate videos with like Pennywise and all that. Yeah. Have you seen uh 1994 like the uh, documentary on YouTube? No. You should watch it. It's free. It's just like it's uh it's like. 1994 and it's just like the 1994 rise of punk rock kind of a thing on that at that time that wave that was a pretty cool year yeah which is like you know it was all the like the rancid and like yeah uh Al- and alcum the wolves came out and like yeah. you know green day got big yeah i remember rancid was playing like little vets halls in santa cruz there'd be like 20 people at the show yeah that was like and then like six months later they were like headlining stuff yeah, yeah. totally but yeah I think that was they were on Epitaph, I think, back then. But yeah. yeah. 
Um, so, okay, so you guys chose Dan for uh, Lost at Z. Did you think just because Ryan was touring more? or So Ryan left, quit Craig's brother. He went back home, and Dan stayed. Okay. And we made Lost at Sea, and that was... That was incredible. Like working with Dan is Dan's one of my favorite people that I've ever worked with. Like, okay, I pretty much just like presented him all the ideas I had, and all these songs that I felt were unfinished. And he's like, "No, that's fine. That's perfect the way it is." And then he just like finished them. Okay, um, and it was like it was so easy. Like I, I feel like I know we spent a lot of time working on Lost at Sea, but but it, like you felt like the process was just it just seemed so easy. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and that was such a great time for the band, even as a four piece, with me not playing, just doing vocals and not playing guitar, Dan playing guitar and Scott on bass. Like, that was one of the best times. That was when Heath was probably at his best as far as a drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you did you guys not get hooked up with like since you're still on Tooth and Nail, right? With that that record as well. So if you're still on Tooth and Nail, did you hook you up with like bands to like go on tour with? Like, hey, do you guys want to tour with MXPX or you know that kind of thing? We tour- We did a lot of shows with Slick Shoes and Dogwood. Okay, and we did play occasionally with MXPX. Yeah, and Slick Shoes was great. Yeah, great band. Yeah, but we did like a tour with Slick Shoes and a tour with Dogwood, maybe a tour with all three of us. Like, okay, and that was cool. That was really like fun. Yeah, and I kind of feel like those bands are like brother bands. Um, like like. Did you like not not get along with them, or just kind of like it was like one of those like well we're not touring now, so it's like whatever. No, we got along great with okay. with Slick Shoes and Dogwood. Okay, yeah, it's still the sort of thing where like if I see any of those guys, yeah, like if I mean I don't know I don't really see anybody. I talk to Josh from Dogwood occasionally, Joe from Slick Shoes, um, but yeah, it's like I feel like they're old friends. Yeah, right on. Can I get another beer? Of course. Let me grab something else. Dude gave me these for free, so we can keep sampling. So these are uh, Saint Archer from San Diego. So we got a pale ale and a Citra IPA. So, a, I would prefer the pale ale. All right, go for it. I'm gonna drink all your beers. Just I, kidding. I have good beers. I got a no effects one you can have too. The punk of beer. Oh, dude, I've seen the. I've never actually tasted it though. I got one in the the kitchen fridge. You can have. I totally want it. Yeah, I'll grab it then after. Uh, we'll do that. I may end up sleeping on your couch after all. It's all good, Just man. kidding. You can hang. <laughs> um, let's see what else. So okay. Uh, so playing. Um, you got a rag or something. Um, uh, you know how the last sip jumps over your glass. Don't have. So... Do actually, on. you probably don't have this issue because you're a bartender and you know how to pour. A beer. You could use that that pillow. Carpe the fucking diem. That's seize the pillow. Seize the spilled, beer because you spilled on yourself. <laughs> I'll just I'll wash right it. On, right on. Right on. Right <laughs> on. Cheers, man. Yeah, cheers. All right, so you guys did Lost at Sea, and then... Um, then we offended the, the... The label? The label and a lot of... It was actually some really stupid stuff. Like for swearing and shit, or... Wasn't even that. There was a picture of... Juice... Flipping off the camera that got, like, put on our website. Our web guy did it, and he didn't really think about it. We didn't think it was really that big of a deal, because it was, like, a really, like, cute kind of innocent picture. Like, and it's punk rock, too. You guys are a punk band. Yeah. It doesn't really scream, uh, 
you know, fucking boy band, like, hey, we're not going to offend the world. Yeah, but but Tooth and Nail is is kind of walking this line where right they're they're putting out rock bands and and punk bands, metal bands, but they're still trying to appeal to the whole Christian contemporary music market. Okay, which basically all you have to do is not swear. So that's that's the, the kind of rule that they're. It's like you can have no cuss words in your songs. Yeah, nothing explicitly sexual you know, or whatever. So no no sex, no drugs, no rock and roll. <laughs> well, you can keep the rock and roll, basically. Yeah, but what's the, what's the fun of rock and roll without the sex and the drugs? Exactly. No, I mean, but you know, but actually, I I, I, being... I enjoy rock and roll even when I'm not high or getting laid. But, um, any rate, they flipped off. There was this ju- picture of Jews flipping off the camera. I think there was an issue over the choir on Glory. Um, really? What was the issue with that? They didn't approve it, and I was willing to pay out of pocket because for me it was like that was it was inspired. Um, just got it in the studio. You're like, this would be pretty rad. It was no, I had it planned out. Okay. Um, we recorded the song without the choir, and then I recorded the choir um, actually in San Jose. So, like a like a group, like a church group that you went to, or just no? Like- I got. Um, I was in, I was in, I was, well, I was at Cabrillo College, mm-hmm. the community college, but they have a great music department, like okay. one of the best in the country. So I was in a choir at Cabrillo and I just grabbed um, a couple of the chicks out of the choir. Um, they were supposed to bring their sons, but they couldn't, their sons couldn't pull it. So they ended up doing it and just kind of made their voice sound, you know, as little boyish as possible. Okay. Um, and they did a great job, and and then it was five hundred bucks, and and Tooth and Nail got kind of mad about it. They ended up paying for it, hmm. but they were mad at me about it because I did it. I went like kind of over their head. Yeah, it's kind of weird just for that, like something silly. That's very silly to me. It is kind of weird, but I think most of all, it was just the fact that we were kind of not. Um, we were kind of burning our bridges with the whole Christian scene. We also got like caught smoking pot at a few shows and stuff, and some Christians were mad about that. I remember we had we played this show. They they wrote us a check for five hundred dollars, um, and like acted like everything was cool. And then later they put a stop payment on the check. And when we asked them why, they told us it was because we were smoking pot. I still wish we sent that church to collections because I feel like that youth group leader who decided to write us a bad check might've gotten in trouble if the church went to collections, but we didn't know about that at the time that we could have done that. Right. Cause we had a contract. It was signed. So there's stuff like that. And what, what that was weird. Like getting, getting uh, stiffed by churches. Like we've been stiffed by clubs, but not by churches. Yeah. We expected a church to be a little more, a little bit more giving. Yeah, but... Interesting. It's reality. I guess yeah. we shouldn't have smoked pot. It's kind of weird, I guess, on that, you know... Well, you know, it's one thing to smoke pot in California when you're in the Midwest or something. It's a whole other story. For sure. I mean, even on the East Coast, it's like, you know, it's still illegal there. You know, it's like, you know, I think here it's like a little slap on the wrist. Well, not even no more. Now it's fucking completely legal. Nah, so, legal but, yeah, but back in the day... It's still a little slap on the wrist, but, you know... In the 90s, go back there, it's like you're going to jail for, you know, maybe a couple days. Right. You're getting a, a fucking huge fine. Yeah. So totally. it's understood. And, uh, you know, I'm actually happy where fucking marijuana is coming around now. It's like completely 
where it needs to be in the world, you know. As far as California is concerned, I was happy with medical marijuana. Because what's going to happen now is it's going to get all taxed and yeah, of course. price is going to go up. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Yeah, I'm you happy know. with the medical. But at least no, these yeah. people aren't going to go to jail over it. Yeah, exactly. Or or if they do go to jail, it's going to be for things like you know selling under it the and influence. not paying their taxes. It's going to be tax evasion, not yeah, not possession or driving too slow or some shit like that. Mm. Something random there. I know, right? The whole that's a, one of, one thing I worry about too, like the whole DUI thing. Like it's What's definitely the- not like alcohol. No, it's, it hits you totally different. So, and I, I wouldn't be that worried about a, a like a whole populace of stone drivers. Yeah, I would be a little bit annoyed because they'd be driving <laughs> too slow, like you're saying, or right. stopping at green lights or whatever. Mm-hmm. But a little too paranoid. Waiting for the stop sign to turn green. Right. That's yeah. <laughs> so that's the biggest problem. Yeah. Always looking for a fast food joint. What the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, for sure. Um, so you guys came back from that. And then on, it was probably, what, a couple years after, like, randomly from, like, 2001? Yeah. So, we, then. okay, so we got we got kicked off the label. So, they, they I, legit, I kept the band they going. legit kicked you off. Yeah. Yeah, they dropped it. Well, they, they didn't, they it's basically, punk, it's punk rock, the, the way the, the contract is worded is they had an option to renew. So, it was for one record with, like, I don't know, four options to renew or something like that. So, after the second record, they didn't take their option to renew. Which is basically the same as getting dropped, right? Um. So we t- we kept playing, and then Heath ended up quitting the band because he wanted to get married, and then we went through a few drummers, and Juice being one of them. That's probably always uh, for me. That was always the hardest is finding a drummer. I was always had like yes. three of my best friends who are great drummers, just kind of circulating through them. They're always quitting. Jumping back on, quitting, jumping back on. It yeah. seemed to be the norm of, come on, just fucking drum, you know? It's like, yeah, and I, drummers like, are the hardest to find. It's like, I need you, dude. What What do you call a drummer with no girlfriend? Just a drummer. Homeless. <laughs> Very true. Very true. And I think you guys, back then, you guys were playing in the, the storage units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't, wait, which storage unit was it? We had one storage unit for years. Actually, I think that may have been the one that you came to. Probably you got. I can't remember. I have like pictures of it's like. Yeah, uh, I don't remember the the actual location. I remember it was in Santa Cruz for sure, but it was like. Yeah, we had that till like yeah. 2012. That that was actually it was, rad. it was small, but it was super cool. Yeah, for yeah. practice space, you know. Yeah. And it was. I mean, that was. It's weird because there was this whole period like that between 2004 and 2011, where we didn't really do hardly anything, but we consistently practiced two times a week. In a lot of ways, that's like I remember that time really nostalgically because it was just just having that time hanging out with my bros. Yeah, like I had this crew of bros that I saw twice a week, and it was just even though we weren't really all making all that much progress as a band, we were. It was just a good time. Like it was good. I, like I don't have that anymore. I don't have a crew of like dude friends that I hang out with. I don't either. It's the same. Once yeah. you're not in a band anymore, and like you're not solidly hanging out like you get two brand practices a week or you know whatever and you guys are like dude we're fucking drinking beer we're hanging out playing music that's bro time dude yeah exactly that's the best times yeah i don't have that anymore either yeah now i do podcasts hang out (laughs) so we only can get people to come to my house and fucking drink beer and bullshit with me that works (laughs) fuck it uh so do you guys want to play like locally more around because i I, it's kind of weird like not weird but i guess like i kind of don't see you guys ever like 
in a feed. I'm like, look when I'm like looking for shows, not just looking, but like even back then, I guess too, not that I was out here, but it's like, there's a couple of random clubs that I'm thinking about that. Like, I'm sure you guys probably either played or could play and just, you know, kind of keep like, uh, hammering away at these clubs too, just cause you're local, you know, it's like, we got to drive 45 minutes. That's it. And come home. I mean, it's, it's been pretty disappointing playing locally. Like really? Yeah. In the last, I mean, I, and honestly, I think the Bay Area is kind of disappointing. Maybe I'm not not connected enough with like the East Bay scene or what's going on in the city. That's definitely true, but um, it's not the way it used to be. That's that's definitely a thing. I think I I think I've lost touch with, you know. I think as we get older too, yeah, like the local firehouse shows, you know, the, the yeah. clubs that only host punk rock or something like that. Twenty one and older, like I'm not in the scene anymore. I guess is what you know. So I don't know, but. I know a couple clubs that are just randomly in the city and in, in that like do punk rock still. It's like you're not going to get the best crowd, but sometimes you get a decent crowd. Dude, it's like we used to play Saturday nights at the Catalyst. 500 people would be there. Yeah. And at this point, I feel like most people in Santa Cruz know about Craig's brother. Mm-hmm. But if we play a show in Santa Cruz, they all have better things to do. Uh, maybe it's because they're all old, you know, they're all maybe. in their th- 30s, 40s. Um, what about it? Like if, you know, like Lagwagon or somebody comes down there and you're like, why aren't we playing that show? Kind of a thing. Is that, yeah. And yeah, the whole opening for bands is kind of like, it's always, you know, it's always business for sure. Yeah. Whoever's promoting the show, it, you know, has some label that's trying to convince them to put someone on. So if we had a label pushing us on those shows. Yeah. Cause I sure, feel like, but, those, I mean, like that's. That's the show to see, you know. It's like, don't put this other fucking band I never heard of opening for Lagwagon or somebody else. Like, put Craig's brother on. They deserve way more of that shit. Or put you guys even second, then get a like an opening band. It's like that'd be a good show. Yeah, that'd be somebody, bad. Craig's brother, Lagwagon, or somebody, Craig's brother, Good Riddance, since fucking Russ is right around your local, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you guys just did something with him. Yeah, we played. Uh... Well, we did the show in Santa Cruz with Russ. Okay. And then we also played um, Rockfest mm. in, in Canada. Good Riddance played there, too. That was good seeing them. But when Good Riddance plays in Santa Cruz, it's like, it's huge. The show is guaranteed sold out. And like, like the last time they played, it was Suicidal Tendencies, Good Riddance, Fury 66, Screw 32. I feel like some other band. It was a really good show. I'm bummed that I missed it. Yeah, um, Screw Thirty Two. I haven't seen them in a long time. I know, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's one of the bands that been around for a long time. But I just, you know, like kind of like Eighty Eight Fingers Louie. It's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, the, well, they broke up for like almost twenty years. I feel like, or yeah, something. like they broke. Yeah, they up. weren't around for a little while. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but now they're, or at least they were back together. I don't know what they're doing now. But what about like, uh, have you been like to in San Francisco, like uh, Bottom of the Hill, the Park Side, like those those clubs? I feel like Bottom of the Hill, you know, has like. A Wilhelm scream and fucking you know everybody kind of coming through, playing those and there's like maybe two hundred max to three hundred venues, maybe five pushing it. But dude, I don't know what it is with the Bay Area. Like we've never had that great of a of a deal in the Bay Area. We had some pretty good shows like in Concord and stuff. Like we opened for MXPX, we opened for the Supertones, which were they're like a a Christian ska band back in the nineties. They were huge. They went like just. He, I mean, of hmm. course, because Christians are going to love Scott because it's... Well, it's it's uh, 
polite. Yeah, kind of yeah, exactly. Unless you're less than Jake or something like that, then you're polite. Scott, you're dressed up, you're nice, you're not yeah, really less than Jake is like a punk band with horns, but yeah, right, exactly. But um, yeah, it's polite. Um, but yeah, we never really been able to break that much into the scene. But if we go to L.A., it's a different story. Or if we go, you know, are you guys bigger in L.A.? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I could see that. And if we leave the USA, even better. But you know what? That's not just us. I, I heard an interview with a guy. I think he's from India. This is an Indian musician who's, you know, got a serious career. And he was saying, you know, 20 years ago, you had to go to the USA. He's all, now I don't even go to the USA. It's not worth it. Interesting. Um, so I think it's just kind of, I mean, the USA is just kind of. Kind of like kind of like slacking off on the, the, the scene now. Like, people aren't as into live music. It's stupid. Yeah, super stupid. On that. And they don't, I mean, yeah, they don't appreciate it. They don't, yeah. I could go off on that, but. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think. Everybody's uh, got their phone or. Well, then they always listen to like one fucking song and they're like, that's all I need to know. One song. I'm like, nobody listens to albums anymore, like records, you know, in your car, you get a whole CD and just keep it in there and fucking forever. And you're like been like seven weeks i'm like dude listen to just one cd for fucking like six weeks well what gets me is like i was talking to i mean somebody who like a co-worker of mine who knows about craig's brother thinks we're rad i'm like dude i just went down to the studio you want to hear the the rough mix he's like nah what <laughs> okay like you got like some podcast you're listening to or something. It's it's there's so much media like in, in everybody's hand that like and everybody's posting something and producing. You know everybody's a freaking yeah uh, a star in their own little world. What's well, true with all the fucking Instagram? Like everybody's famous, right? Because yeah, you know, getting weirdly famous. You're like, as long as I get ten thousand likes, I'm fucking good. But come into reality, <clears throat> fuck, you know, I don't get any of that shit. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, and this whole star in your own like basically, the hard work that we did to record a record is kind of like in their mind along the lines of like somebody's Facebook post or something. It's like right, yeah. Like so, yeah. I don't I don't know what's up with our culture in that regard, but the good news is is that there's in the last I don't know I guess since we left Tooth and Nail, our music has only gotten more popular in the rest of the world. Like South America, even the Middle East, Indonesia. I mean, that's always cool. Because then you get to, if you guys want to take a little mini vacation to play some shows, maybe make some money. If you can throw it together, you know, that's, that's always a positive. It's hard. It's hard. Especially hard, like. To, to get in the shit over there. I'm yeah, sure. they, just to pay for the flights, basically. But yeah, it would be totally worth it. Going yeah. to South America, that's something I definitely want to do. I guess, have you guys been playing like australia and stuff we haven't been to australia but we could like, i feel like we definitely a, have a fan base in australia i feel like that's a pretty good spot you know jump california australia you know it's like not that it's right there but it's like yeah it's just, i mean it's all about the flights it's expensive to fly to australia but sure. yeah definitely and there's only like maybe four cities or you know depending on whether you go because you're gonna want to stay probably melbourne sydney yeah side yeah kind of the west coast i think right I mean, yeah. I don't know, my, my geography is not that good but yeah so you, we would fly out there for like a weekend, and then the question is, can we make enough in those shows to cover the flights? Yeah. Um, but I know that we have fans in Australia, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some clips, and you guys over in Spain, and playing some of those shows, and on YouTube, and yeah. some random stuff like that. So it seemed like you guys had a pretty pretty big crowd. Yeah, Europe's great. I would love to go back to Europe. I can't, I'm go, we're going to go back to Europe. I don't know when, but 
right. Have you guys? What was your What was your most favorite tour that you've did in Europe, or was it just the one or two? Well, we did the Spain tour in two thousand six, I think. 2008 maybe mm-hmm. i don't know but that was great but then we went back in 2011 and did a europe tour where we played we didn't play spain but we played france switzerland austria belgium and um the netherlands okay uh, that show that tour was great we played gros rock which is a huge yeah, punk festival that's a yeah. huge fest yeah no effects and the descendants headlined that was great we had this my buddy Josh Brazil showed up with um, this weird like barbecue thing that he had. I don't know. It was kind of weird because you put the coals on top and the food underneath. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, but he made this awesome meal with like, I don't know, olive oil and potatoes and meat and vegetables. It was kind of like a, almost like a stew, but it was more like cooked with olive oil. And... Like a grilled yeah. outdoor stew. Yeah, but we, like... it was kind of like baked underneath those coals. Interesting. But, um. Carl Alvarez from The Descendants yeah. was walking by. I don't know if he smelled the food or what, but he came over and we ended up hanging out with him for like two hours. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, just drinking and chatting and eating. It was, that was cool. That was like, you know, he, I mean, The Descendants are like one of my favorite bands ever. Yeah, one of mine as well. Did you yeah. see him when they came to The Catalyst? Yes, that was great. Was that just recent, last year? Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I, went to, yeah. I went to San Francisco to see him, but I got a shitty seat. And because I, they wouldn't let me on the floor, because of the whatever tickets sold out. So uh, I had to like get some seat. I had to eat it yeah. up, and I was like trying to get each time. The last time I saw No Effects there, though, like when they came on, I, they were like let me through the floor. I was like, ah, can I take a picture? Like, go ahead. And I was like, all right. And I just ran. I never came back. Yeah. That kind of shit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm 35. I can fucking you know, try to sneak in shows. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, the Descendants was great. I took my son Herbie with me. Yeah, he's he enjoyed it. The 14, 13 now. Or? Yeah, he's fourteen now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I met him when he was, he was a t- he was like a baby. Yeah, baby. he was like one year old. Yeah, he was probably not even one. Yeah, yeah, what? yeah. No, not even one. Yeah, because born in two thousand three. Yeah, he's August two thousand three. So what you came out June June yeah yeah June so, of two thousand four. So yeah yeah. So he was just not even one yet. Yeah, but yeah, he's got a band of his own. How's that going? That's he's like you're doing like a. Like a fundraiser, or like a, not a fundraiser, but like a, a. It was I saw something. It was like a like a help promoting like live music and. Yeah, I, I started a nonprofit. Okay. Um, last summer, called the Santa Cruz All Ages Music Collective, and her goal is to get a, an all ages venue going in Santa Cruz, kind of like Gilman Street, but hopefully with less drama. Yeah, that'd um, be nice. There's, I don't know if you heard about the Vera Project in Seattle. They're an all-ages venue that's non-profit. No. That, they're kind of like our, our model. Um, so we're working on that. Um, and he was kind of the inspiration because I'm like, you know, my son has a band, but he has nowhere to play. But, yeah, they're doing great. and They're getting better and better. When we played in June, they drew more people than we did. Interesting. Yeah. Because they got all the friends, dude. That's the kid. The kids are drawing. Yeah, exactly. They exactly. Got, they got school. They got friends. You know, we don't have school. We have little work coworkers, and there's two of them that go, eh, I don't know if I can make it Yeah, today. that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Like, all all the Craig's Brother fans at this point have jobs. They got families. Like, going out to a show. You know, I mean, back in the day, we went to shows because we had nothing else to do. Yeah, that was the hangout. Yeah. But they got... Everybody has something else to do now. But the kids his age... They're back in that same boat of having nothing else to do. Plus, he's, you know, 
him and his band, they're all good looking and all the little girls love them. And... Yeah, they're young. That's I mean, that's the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, we were all good looking at Yeah, one we time. were good you looking know, too, yeah. That, now, now that I'm uh, 27,000 beers in, I think, uh, you know, the, the the age has taken toll. I know, right? I got a dad bod to maintain. <laughs> get the dad bod going. I'm getting there. I got a beard. I never usually have a beard. It's like my year going. I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. Well, you Keep look like you belong down. in the Bay Area. I guess. I don't know. Just do my thing always, and regardless of where I belong or where I am, I just try to do it, you know. I'm not going to shows as much as now. I guess now. I try to, but like I haven't been to one show this year, which is sad. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I, I don't know that I've been to very many shows that I didn't play. Wait, did I? I feel like, oh, wait. Maybe this, uh, no. the Descendants was... Was that? I don't know. Do you go? Do you know who uh, Larry and his flask is? No, they're they're a pretty good like 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 punk folk band, but they've been around for a few years and they usually come by once in a while and they swing by the Catalyst and that's a really solid band to go see. What do they call? You should t- you should uh, message me. Yeah, I'll message. I won't remember if you tell. Yeah, me that's cool. I'll message yeah. you. I'll message your band to check it out because they, they they they're from Oregon, so they they're from Bend. And they uh, cruise down, so they usually play, and they're always a rad show. So. Always like Santa or Santa Cruz and uh, San Francisco. So, yeah. You want to take a break, and then we'll come up and we'll do round two. We'll sing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. All right. We'll be back with round two. Stay tuned. All right. I hope you guys are enjoying round one. Um, we're getting to the musical part where I'm just gonna play a Craig's Brother song in full length for you guys can hear. Um, if you haven't checked out Craig's Brother before or whatever, you just want to enjoy rocking out in your car for, you know. A good couple of minutes. Um, I'm going to play the song Epistemology off of the Epidemic EP. <clears throat> it was a five-song EP they put out in around 2004. Uh, when I flew out to try out for the band, they gave me a copy and I thought that was super cool. Uh, and this, one of, this is one of, one of the best songs on, on the album, but the whole album is great. And like I said, I'm not trying to you know kiss anybody's ass, but I guess I don't do that. I'm just giving my honest opinion that I, I don't think that this band has a bad song. It's in the whole catalog of their three to four albums. There's not a bad song. I can listen to every single song straight through, you know, obviously I have my favorites and this and that, <clears throat> which is why I'm going to play this song, uh, epistemology. So, uh, enjoy. And we'll be back for round two. Give me headlines that grab and shocking detail. Hide the facts and section E Where no one will see I can't tell which is news And which is retail It all looks the same to me And it's said with urgency So it must be true And you must accept it from their point of view You better hop on board or miss the Grand Prix Yeah. 
It's a fucking great song. That is a good song. Great ass album, great song. Brings back some memories. But am I allowed to say actually I didn't write that song, so I'm gonna say it's good. I don't care if you wrote it, but I give props to the guys who did write it. But the way your voice just immediately like you know, just when your voice comes in, it's awesome. As well. Like it starts out great, but your your voice gives it that like subtle dynamic that it needed. And it's like you got a great voice, man. You know, it's you're you're a part of the band just as much as anybody that's writing songs on that record. So awesome, you know. thank you. I mean, I wrote yeah. like a good portion, but I think it was actually pretty evenly split. There were twelve songs, and it was like me. I wrote four. Andy wrote four, and Adam wrote four. I don't know, Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's which ones did you did you write? I wrote insult injury. Awesome. Um. I wrote the lyrics to Going Blind. Which is a great lyric. I like figured out how to play that randomly, just like doing it. But those are good lyrics. Actually, I don't know. I'd have to look at it. I look. I wrote Lonely Girl. I wrote Potential. 
Um, what are the songs? <laughs> I can't remember what songs are. Hey, this is, I have those problems when I write you got any, the list? any songs. I got the list. Do you guys get kickbacks from iTunes or any of those kinds? Like, you get money for that? Yeah, well, yes. If you buy Insidious Lie, that money goes straight to us. Good. All right. Uh, and also the early years album that we put out. Okay. Uh, the Tooth and Nail stuff. Um, I think actually they there's like a check sitting out there somewhere for us, but we need to... Because Tooth and Nail sold their whole catalog to Capitol Records. Really? Yeah. So we need to figure our shit out and interesting and talk to Capitol Records because apparently they have some money for us. Okay, I don't know how much it is. I wish I knew because you know if it's ten bucks, who cares? But if it's give me my ten bucks, dude, for sure. If it's a couple thousand dollars, then that's worth figuring it out. Yeah, yeah that's, that's enough to do something else and and just to have you know. Yeah, I would take. I need some money. Yeah, we all need some money. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got, uh, In Memory, <clears throat> Nobody, Who Am I? That's a great song. Was that by Andy? That was, a- that was Adam, actually. Adam? Yeah. That's a great song. My Annie. That was Adam. Potential was good that you wrote, that's like the that's last me. song. Yeah. That's a great song. Um, hey. Sorry. Sorry's Andy. Dear Charlotte. That's me. That's you? That's a great song. Yeah. And then, yeah. I feel like that's it, though. I think Insult to Injury, Dear Charlotte, Potential, and Lonely Girl, I think, were the four that I did on that record. All right. Those are all great songs. I mean, the whole album's great. I don't, there, like I said, there's not a fucking bad song on the record. But those songs are well-written. The lyrics, the vocals are great. I remember when we first put that album out, I thought it sounded so much like Lagwagon that I had a big problem with it. Like, You think your voice or... The whole thing in general. Just the whole thing in general. And we did kind of follow, like, what we thought was the Lagwagon rulebook of songwriting. But when I listen to it now, I'm like, no. It stands on its own. Yeah, <clears throat> it's not. I mean, like, definitely, obviously, Lagwagon was a huge influence, but yeah. there's a lot of other influences in there, too. Yeah, there's a, there's... I can hear a bunch of things that, you know, maybe not specifically band-wise, but I mean... Punk band wise, like feeling it out. Yeah. Um, Bad religion. Yeah. Effects. There's you know there's a descendants feel. There's a yeah. you know there's a lot of love and you know songwriting about you know girls and yeah you know that kind of stuff and yeah and it's such a positive record for the most part. It is. Um, Except for the. Well, Charlotte's a little bit down. Insult injury is angry. In memory. Is, is it's a, little, a sad song. It's a sad song. It's a sad song, but it's a but celebration it's a of someone's life, it's right? Which is it. which is great too. Yeah. But on a down, you know, whatever kind of yeah. down note, but not much. It's it's still fucking, you know, positive. I mean, the, in my I way. mean, there's nothing wrong with not being positive or with being angry or sad. And I think punk's a great place to express anger or sadness. But um, I f- I do feel actually that what we did well was kind of still be punk but be positive mm-hmm. um i thought so i mean i I would, from that whole record i didn't think anything negative about it or it gave me a negative feeling like even like some if you listen to some joey cape stuff it's a little bit more down yeah joey cape he a lot of his stuff is kind of depressing it's very depressing and, and understandably so i mean you know anything about stuff like Derek dying and 
Yeah. Yeah. This is, you know, this is yeah, and like, Tony, and there's yeah, you know, Tony, there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, he's been through a lot of shit too. I'm I'm guessing that. You know, he, he, well, even when the band was writing <clears throat> uh, the songs like "Choke," it's like, you know, it's kind of like in a negative. Yeah. You know, it's, it's but very expressed very well. It's like, you know, it's not not a, a super downer, but it kind of is in a, in a sense. I, th- I think Lightning's always been kind of. I mean, I can't think of a single record of theirs that I would say is positive. Like, it's mostly angry punk rock. There's some, like, I mean, are there any positive songs? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd have to, to, like, detail and comb through, like, what I thought, you know. But it's like, I can think of a handful of songs, and none of them are are very positive. But they're very honest and full of life. And they're great, yeah. Yeah, and very thought out. And and Joey's lyrics are, you know, it kind of speaks... You know, volumes and, and and random like you know, I'm like, damn, these some of the words that you're using, I don't even fucking know. It's like that was that was awesome. You know, it's like it touched me. And I didn't even know the word. And then on the other hand, Lost at Sea, I feel like is kind of a downer of a record. Not a downer, not like it's a bad record, but it's about which depressing subject matters. It's about breakups and things going wrong. And honestly, it's my favorite record from you guys. This is my favorite one. And then even before my shows, when I would, you know. Before I went out to sing in my car and I'd be driving, that's the record I put on to warm up to your voice. That's awesome. So that's my that's warm awesome. up. It was always my warm up. They're like, what are we listening to right now? I'm like, well, we're do- first of all, we're doing the first four songs off of Lost at Sea so I can warm up. And then once I'm warmed up, we're going to listen to the less- rest of the record and then we'll switch to something else. You know, no effects or something. We just and, get pumped up for a show. And, w- and one thing I think we did well on both Lost at Sea and Insidious Lie is this: this a lot of the songs... If you just listen to the melody, you'd be like, "Oh, that's a happy song." Yeah. And if you like listen to the lyrics, you're like, "Oh wait, no." Yeah. Like the song Thousand Yard Stare." It's totally major, kind of almost happy song. I remember when I first explained to my wife what that was about, she was like, "Oh my god, I don't know if I like that song as much anymore." Right. <laughs> you're like, "All right," because it, it, it what inspired me was a, a veteran from the, I think one of the Iraq or the, the Iraq two. He was from Santa Cruz, and he shot himself on Westcliff in his car. And I read the news story, and that kind of inspired me to write that song. Um, but touchy subject for some people. You know, it's like... Oh, yeah. I don't think... I don't know that I've ever... Maybe once or twice, but most veterans that hear that song don't like it. Yeah. They, they don't. You know what I mean? But it's like... Come on, you know, like I'm actually representing the cause of your brethren, right? Who who got screwed over? Like, yeah, I know you. Like, I think it's kind of part of the culture that you're supposed to like be tough and not be affected by what what happened. But post traumatic stress in them is yeah, real. PSD. Like, I mean, you have to. You really have to. I think issues like that, like mental health, and you know, that could like near really need to be worked out. You know, it's keeping all that stuff inside. It's just gonna keep. The fucking population and everybody that's got a problem like that just, you know, there's going to be ne- never any help. Well, I think the inherent thing is, as a soldier, you're supposed to do what you're told. And you, it's not your job to question whether it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But at a certain level, we all, we have a sense of morality. And if we're doing something that's wrong, we know it. And so the fact that they've been commanded to do something that's wrong... And then told that they're not allowed to feel guilty or bad about it. Right. 
I think it has a lot to do with those feelings. Like, of course, I mean, that would make me want to kill myself. Just enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Do you, do you, do you, are, do you always like find influence in multiple places? Like even just reading the news and all that to write songs and are you pulling from everywhere sometimes? Or are you just like get inspired? Yeah. I, I feel like it's hard for me now to kind of get inspired to write something. And it's like, maybe I'm just, you know, way off of, uh, you know, not in the right mindset sometimes. But then when I just grab a guitar and I'm like strumming, it's like, I think about certain things and then that inspires me. But like, it's hard for me anymore to find inspiration. It's really hard to say. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of places that it comes from. For sure. Um, I know that this year after Trump got elected, I was thinking I needed to write a bunch of angry political songs and that this was going to be great for punk rock. But everybody's so negative about it anyway. Well, and everybody's on, you know, on the line, like spouting their opinion about politics and everybody has an opinion and everybody like is willing, gotten to this point where they're willing to like take their stand and they don't care who they're offending. Yeah. And then everybody gets offended and it turns into a big argument and everybody's like, uh, I'm over it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, like, don't want to do that. So this record, I'm kind of writing some more positive. Like doing you. Or not necessarily positive, but I'm writing stuff that's, I don't know. I I actually sat down to write some political songs and I just got tired of it. Like it wasn't for so, sure. Um, by the way, I guess we didn't mention this, but we we're recording five songs right now. So you guys are doing another EP? Yeah, we're basically. doing another EP. We did. We got two of them pretty much done. You guys are doing a, a Kickstarter, not a Kickstarter, but something similar, right? We we did a GoFund. A, we did a crowdfunding. Uh, we just did it on our own webpage. Because there's no reason that we need to pay Kickstarter or any other crowdfunding platform. Just come to you. Um, We raised about a little more than $3,000, which was our goal. Nice. And so now we're doing it. I'm going back to Hollywood in two weeks to record the other three songs. You guys are doing in Hollywood. Yeah, that's where Danny, the producer that we're working with, is. Okay. Is that the reason? Just because that guy's there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he... He's a good guy. He gave us a good price. And I, I honestly, I just really like his whole approach. He's not too. He doesn't want to overproduce it. He doesn't want it to be all quantized and tuned. He kind of wants, you know, a real capture of what we're doing. But at the same time, he's he knows what he's doing and he, he's in the scene. And, yeah. So. Are you are you guys uh, are you guys practicing a lot? And not really. It's um, because we're all spread out. Steven, we're, so we got Steven on guitar. So he's playing guitar with you guys again? Steven's cool. playing guitar. I'm playing guitar. We got Juice on drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously Scott on bass. So Heath's, Heath's not drumming anymore at all? No, Heath's um, he's out of the picture. He's out. He's out. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the Juice and Steven are both in Southern California. Yeah, Steven. Yeah, the, he's always been down there most of the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard it's hard to get together to practice. So basically what we do is we get together, we run through the songs mostly with juice, get the drums down and then right. We just kind of build it on top of that. Okay. Steven and I work great together, so. Yeah, you guys you guys were pretty dynamic when I saw you in the storage space. You guys were just nailing. Yeah, Steven's great. Steven's yeah. one of my favorite people. Were the, were the EP, the EP like Epidemic was was like you guys were doing most of those songs at that at that time, yeah, because it was so new. And then you guys were you know busting through some lost at sea stuff with Epidemic and 
It was really good with hit with his guitar playing. I thought he like nailed most of the stuff. That totally, was, yeah, yeah. No, Steven's amazing. He's, yeah, he's such a good musician and such a pro. Like, yeah. Sometimes he doubts himself, but pretty much everything I throw at him, he does great. I think as musicians, we all kind of just don't like some shit we do, and it's just right. Like, we all doubt ourselves. Yeah, like yeah, I know I do it too. Like I, I'm like, oh. like for me, this is going to be the first Craig's brother recording that I've recorded guitar on. And I was so stoked, like that oh, is cool. That when yeah. I put down the guitar tracks, I'm like, oh my god, I did it. Um, yeah, but, right. Because every time you've just sang, yeah. But I'm like, that's not that. I mean, I could do it. Why? Why did I doubt myself? You like, play guitar. That's what yeah. you do, man. Yeah. No. So, fuck that. That's cool. So it's gonna be in Hollywood, and uh, you got five songs, and you got two done now. Yeah. So you got three more to go. Exactly. And what do you guys think it'll be done? Just at a only a rough. I mean, I would give it a good six, seven months. Six months, yeah, yeah just Maybe to be the on the safe side. I want no. I want to get honestly. I want to get like one song at least out by, hopefully by the end of January. Okay. Um, what I want to do is release them one song at a time. So you're gonna you're gonna take like yeah. months and and then finally. Yeah. So one song by the end of the January, and then I'm hoping like six weeks after for each additional song. Okay. Yeah. I, cool. We'll see what happens. I'm not. I'm right. Not, I'm not committing to that time frame. But no, no. It's just a rough estimate of like maybe it could be out. You know, this fucking time or you know whatever. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Are you guys having a good time recording? Like, are you guys all together, or is it like uh, not everybody's there during the recording session? Are, are you there by yourself sometimes? We or? were all there for the first session. For this next session, Scott can't make it because it's like the busy season for his work for he's sure. actually going to record the bass at home through like an interface it's that's the world we live in he can do that right um juice will be there while he's recording drums and he leaves but for this one i think really like what we're going to do juice and the juice is going to leave and it's going to be pretty much me steven and danny doing the rest of it just clean you know clean it up yeah, well, putting down the guitars and the vocals. And vocals and Which stuff. was kind of how it went with Lost at Sea. Like, uh, Scott and Heath did their the rhythm section, and then they flew home, and basically me and Dan just did the rest of it. Dan really did, like, he did all the guitars on Lost at Sea. Dan did? Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah. And then the vocals. and But it was kind of cool having, like, just a, a small little crew working on it like there wasn't a whole lot of that's always good yeah super intimate you know you yeah, get a little bit better not, of a setting than not too many people giving their input and exactly whatnot. you don't need too many chefs in the in the kitchen fucking saying shit have you guys always recorded in hollywood or just uh homecoming was in hollywood at west beach studios which is no longer there but west beach studios was pretty much existed because of epitaph right um, so but most of the Epitaph bands recorded there um, back in the day. Back in the day, for sure. Yeah, it's closed now. Um, then we did, we did that was Homecoming. We did Lost at Sea in Vancouver, Canada, um, which was cool. It was a great studio. Just uh, random people that you knew or because it's Tooth and Nail? No, up Tooth and Nail. They're um, up there, yeah. Hooked us up with this guy, Darren Gron, who was originally Bob Rock's assistant. Okay. Um and uh, yeah, that was great. And then we did, we went back to Hollywood to do Epidemic with this guy Mike Green. Mike Green was a, was pretty. I don't know what he's doing now, but yeah, he was pretty successful back at the time. Like 
feel like there's a lot of those guys that were like really producing some 90s like yeah. sounding like fucking punk rock that was really solid and then kind of just like I wonder what they're doing yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike always seemed to me like like he was super duper talented and could do it faster and better than most people but like he was like so young like he was like 20 I don't know two or something or younger right and it just he always kind of seemed to me like yeah i could do this and i'll probably grow out of it you know right yeah that usually happens too yeah like he's super talented super smart who knows what he's doing now but um that was epidemic and then insidious lie actually we did in santa cruz we had um kyle black come up kyle black was mike's assistant and kyle black has done pretty well for himself he did he's he did newfound glory okay Um, yeah He's done a bunch of bands. I mean, he worked on like Menudo and stuff. Um, Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Random people like, you know, good producers and good like, you know, engineers, they'd like work with like the craziest fucking people and you're just like, damn. Yeah, you, totally. You have a diversity of sound just like hearing. You have a great ear for like, you know, certain things. Yeah. Kyle Black's great. He's offered to mix on this. We'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, but yeah. What about, uh? so we haven't talked about the record yet. Really, but Insidious Lie, where was that recorded? That was recorded in Santa Cruz. There was a, there's a place that's owned by Joe Clemens, the singer of Fury 66. That's where we did the drums. It's called The Compound. It's in Ben Loman, like, just a, just right down the street from my house, pretty much. That's um, cool. Who, who was the, who, who did all the guitars on that? Was it, uh... That was, okay, so there was, Andy did a lot of the guitars on Insidious Lie, Oh, he he actually came back and and yeah yeah Insidious Lie actually happened because Andy um, came to the band and was like I want to make another Craig's Brother record we're like oh okay interesting so okay. so we did it and Insidious that's kind of why I think Insidious Lie sounds a lot more like Homecoming mm-hmm. than Lost to Sea it had a little bit of the same feel yeah um, some awesome tracks on that yeah um, my one of my favorites being Klamath Falls. Right, which I heard, you know, like I said, I downloaded that, you know, that that track off the internet, like in two thousand three or two or whatever. Whenever you were doing like the, the acoustic thing of just putting putting some stuff out, uh, and then I heard it on Insidious Live. I was like, no way, they really produced it and put it out on the record. And I was like, that's that was the song because I never thought I would hear it again. Right. That I mean, that was your song, right? Yeah. Was that Insidious Live is almost all my songs. I think. There's the song Fallen that Andy wrote. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that... Andy contributed a lot to a lot of the songs, but yeah, they're pretty much all... Um, yeah, so I really related to Klamath Falls in the stuff that you said in in the song. Um, right, yeah. The struggle of being on tour. I felt like it was just... Um, say, like, struggle of being on tour, the struggle with having friends... The struggle with, you know, the everyday life of, like, why can't it just, you know, go right for all of us, you know? Right, right. So, and what, what made it what made it be Klamath Falls? What, what, what was the, the tie-in? That's kind of what I'm curious about. Like, So, in 1999, when we were on tour with Ryan Key, the van broke down in Klamath Falls, Oregon. Okay. Which is kind of this butthole town. Um I mean, there's like, nothing wrong with it, but just like nothing there. It just, wasn't where we wanted to be stuck. Right, and and I think the worst thing about it was 
it was like August or something, and um, Klamath Falls is next to Klamath Lake, which I think is a crater from a volcano or something. But but there were these gnats. What do they call them? Uh, midges. Yeah, yeah. Gnats, you know, midges, yeah. Yeah, and they were just like like clouds of them outside. Like you didn't couldn't go outside because the gnats were like so that that bad. Like these clouds right. of midgets. Like you like had to like close your eyes and close your mouth. Just yeah. And just breathe through your awful. nose and hope you didn't inhale them. Ugh. So we were we were stuck in this hotel room for like I, I think it was only like a week and a half, but in the song I said three weeks. I exaggerated a little. Yeah, that's all right. Um, <laughs> that's what happens with songs. Yeah, but it was just it was just a miserable experience. But a week and a half is a long time to be stuck in a in a situation for that long of time. Yeah, we're basically we didn't want to leave the hotel room. Like because at one point we like tried to buy some weed from some kid. He ripped us off. Like damn, all right. Yeah, it was just bad. Like we were drinking cheap beer and just hanging out in this hotel room all day with nothing to do except watch TV and wait until our van was fixed. Yeah, that's that's a bummer. Yeah. So it's you know whatever. It happens. I mean, that's that's the road, right? That's the tour. Yeah. Oh, and then we started getting all these angry emails from people like, "What did? Why did you cancel that show?" It's like, well, are you gonna pay for my van? Like, yeah, we're not doing it on purpose. Like, this is the shit that happens. Yeah. No, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I was always always wondered what the tie-in was because it, but it was it's so it's so well written in my mind because it's so real that I think I you know I relate to people just quitting. You know, just flying off the handle, you know, drug, yeah, you know, just right. being a fucking complete wreck, reckless person, you know, and not, you know, getting, getting the shit that they need. So, you know, it becomes a, like a fight between everybody, right? Yeah. So, and you got yeah. like five, right? Plus probably like the driver, or merch guy or whoever else is on tour with you guys. Thankfully, we didn't have all those guys. And I feel like maybe even Scott, like somehow got a ride home or something or got like his wife to buy him like a flight or like a ticket home or something. Oh, and he was like, all right, see you guys. And you're like, yeah, Fuck I think you. it was just three of us that were stuck there, but Oh man, but still, but, um, I should probably get going pretty soon. All right. So you want to, let's do it live. Yeah. Do, and okay. if, if you like Klamath Falls, I think you'll like this song. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let me, uh, set the camera for you. I think it'll be this one. Um, also, coincidentally, about the Pacific Northwest. Is that your, okay? Yeah. Oh yeah, but probably This is a song about. Um, Let's see. If well, I remember when I was a kid in Mount St. Helens, but it's one of my earliest memories of the news. There was this old guy who refused to leave his property, and uh, he died there. Okay. But his name was Harry Truman, and so I wrote this song about him. Okay. I could turn it down too if you in the mic. That's cool. I just like to have one headphone a little bit off so I can hear it. Something wicked, something strange. Some side of barometric change. Smell of sulfur in the wind. So it begins. 
Yeah, nice, dude. <clears throat> That's Harry Truman. That's fucking good. I like it. Yeah, I think you'll like the recording. Yeah. I'm, I'm, excite, I'm excited already just to hear it. Uh, you want to do one more old one? Let's see. Yeah, you um, want to hear an old one? Oh, how's, how's the reverb? Is that going to throw you off? Woo! You want to do a regular? I was just, I was just curious. I could throw some other reverb on that's lighter. An old one. Hmm.
one of the songs that we played so many times that I don't even remember how it goes if that makes any sense no totally it's all muscle memory yep I, I agree awesome dude well thanks so much yeah of course thanks that for having great. me Joe yeah of course dude anytime I hope to come down and hang and see some shows and yeah dude hang out just whatever yeah I wish we had band practice so I could invite you to yeah that's cool whatever dude no worries even if it's just Let's come down and hang out. I don't care. I go to the yeah, beach dude. down there once in a while and fucking just chill out. Yeah, let's hang out. Let's, yeah, yeah, sure. You ever play disc golf? I do, yeah. yeah once in a while. Play some disc sure. golf. I'm down. Anytime. Right on. Cool. Thanks, brother. All right, awesome, dude. All right, thank thanks you for man. having me. Hey, thanks. See you guys. All right. That's it. Thanks for tuning into the show. Thank you so much, Ted Bond. Uh, it was an honor to have you on the show. And uh, can't say enough good things about Craig's brother and you know the whole band. Uh, great bunch of guys. Uh, in the very beginning of the show, I played a clip from True Romance. Uh, it was kind of a a little mixture between uh, fantasy and reality, so I kind of wanted to put that. It was a surreal moment between uh, Christian Slater and the and Elvis during that scene, and you know it kind of felt like that uh, in that moment. So uh, I wanted to put two and two together. I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. So, uh, so yeah, thank you to our sponsor, All in the Details. Thank you to the Rosen Crown in Palo Alto, El Arsenal in San Carlos, Jane's Beer Store in Mountain View, and the Willow Market in Menlo Park. All great places to get beer and good company. So uh, check all those places out. And I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the show. It was truly an honor to talk to Ted. So, um like I said, we might be doing some seasons, but I got about, you know, 19 more episodes to go to the end of the season. So if uh, you guys are interested, please email me at a few deep at gmail.com. Uh, please go to the iTunes page and give it a star rating. I don't give a fuck if you do the five star, you give it a two star, a one star. I don't care. Just give it a star. Write something. Write I played with my dick listening to the show. Write a... Right, I was, you know, circling my nipples. <laughs> Just write something, you know. I said, you know, this was this was a good topic. Blah blah blah. I like that. I like this. You know, whatever you want to say, say something. But rate it. Uh, you know, or leave a comment on the SoundCloud wherever you guys, you know, listen to your podcast. You know, get some feedback out there. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you late. Mm-hmm.